I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of Merit Makes a Movie, the podcast where I'll be speaking to filmmakers and people involved in the industry to find out how they made their films. And then I'll be using donations from you, the very generous listeners, to make my own film. Currently, I am on £495. Thank you very much to anyone who's donated. It is much appreciated. I've spent about half of it on badges, some music that was rubbish... Um, a prosthetic thing, finger that is being made and a special tripod for the camera as a prop for the film. I've still got about half the budget left. So if you want to find out how that's all going, go to maritlarwood.com forward slash movie, and there's a blog there about what I'm doing and how I'm spending the money. Anyway, this week I spoke to Simon Fielder about short films. But before that, I must apologise for the delay in these podcasts it's because I've been working and I was working on a job called The Reluctant Landlord where I spoke to the lovely sound men and they gave me some sound tips which I wrote down to tell you. I then very cleverly lost a piece of paper. I can only remember about three of them. So here are their tips for good sound. First of all, what makes good sound? Well, it's the small things like um, the extra details in sound. Not necessarily a dialogue, but the background sound, glasses clinking, things happening on screen being covered in the sound that makes it sound good second tip was interruptions when you're doing a narrative piece when people talk over each other yeah it's impossible to edit afterwards so always leave a pause and remember what you record on the day cannot be undone so please pay attention to sound i mean i'm doing a massive disservice because i didn't remember any of it um so apologies to them Anyway, here is Simon Fielder. Please listen and enjoy. It's Merritt Makes a Movie. What's it about? I'll tell you. 
talking to filmmakers about stuff, editing, camera work, directing, acting, all sorts, mainly bullshit. Well, here we are for another episode of Matt Makes a Movie. And we've already recorded this episode once, but I recorded it outside on a windy day. Oh, well, literally a beginner's error. So I forced Simon to come back again. Yes, it is Simon Fielder, a old friend of mine, very old, <laughs> tired. Yeah. Feeling very all right today, actually, but thanks. You'll wear me down, I'm sure. Uh, an old friend of mine. And what is he doing on this film podcast? Oh. Well, i tell you what he's done. He has taken his own hard-earned money mm. and made a short film. What an absolute waste of time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me uh, back as well. Really excited to have come around again. Cheers. Bye. Um, so, Simon, so you, this is about making a short film. So you just, at what point did you decide, oh, right, I fancy dipping my toe into the filmmaker's pond. I don't want to go in that feature film thing because I mean, you'd be mad doing that with your first film. You'd be an absolute crazed lunatic egomaniac, I would have thought. I'm going to make a short film. Because you also made lots of YouTube films. Mm. And some, and I, may I say, um, with the listener, that your YouTube channel is very good. It's called, uh, just look up Simon Fielder. Yeah. F F E I L D E R. And then look up YouTube and you can see all the things Simon has made. He's made a lot of films, not not enough subscribers really. Thank you, true story, yeah. So also subscribe to him. But anyway, so what point <laughs> did you think I'm going to do all this business? Um, at some point last year, I suspect. Um, well, I, you know, yeah, I have I've made things on YouTube, like you say. Um, the majority of which is, has been sort of vloggy stuff. And then occasionally little narrative bits but they're still filmed by me on my own just me oh god I'm so alone it's just me all the time um and then occasionally you know I've done sketch stuff with Cy Thomas in the past and we've made little bits and pieces um as you know we made stuff last year that you helped us film yes. and so I think it's always just nice to get more people involved in stuff um and just having written a few more things, I thought it would be nice to try and do something on a slightly larger scale. So did you put money aside for it? Do you think I'm going to budget this and then try and make everything fit within that budget? Or do you think I'm just going to see what, what happens with the money? Uh, essentially, I sort of wrote it. I, wrote a th- I had a conversation with someone one evening about th- this type of thing, about how we were both like... Uh, you know, approaching middle age, but we were still quite youthful and we really liked hip-hop and that sort of thing. And we were just sort of chatting about, oh, that would be quite a funny idea for a thing. And then in a rare moment of um, carpe dieming mm-hmm. on my part, I went home and I just, just sat down and just wrote it for a few hours, wrote the first draft of it. Um, and the, the guy who I'd been chatting to was a director, but he couldn't do it. Um, and so I sent it to someone else um and who was Ben Malaby who was a comedy director and I guess it just sort of uh resonated with him I think because he had recently had kids and you know was I guess experiencing some similar thoughts or for whatever reason he liked it 
resonate. I just <laughs> want to say resonate again. Yeah. Just say it on its own that you can put an echo on it. We're not going to do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Resonate. Um, and so, yeah, so there was no real thought about budget or anything at the beginning. It was just I'd written a thing and I thought this would be fun to try and make, but I can't do it on my own. I would like to have people who have more experience and, uh, you know, access to equipment and that kind of thing. And then so when Ben said he was interested, that's when it started moving forwards. And he, you know, did notes and suggestions and things that would ultimately affect things like the budget. Like the original ending of it was sort of slightly different and would have taken more time and money and people and locations so he sort of suggested maybe doing a different thing, and so wrote that, and then... So it's pretty much a two-location thing, isn't it? About a man who's left his job to become a rap artist. Correct. And um, you shot it over two days, I presume? Yes. We had a day filming the end scene, which was at the good ship in Kilburn, R.I.P. Um... If you want to watch the film, yeah, you, can you watch might it. as well go. I mean, you're probably thinking, well, they're talking about this bloody film. I've got no idea what it is. Just look up. I need context. Look up Renaissance. Yeah. And it's on your YouTube channel. It is, yeah. It's also on Ben's Vimeo if you want to be a bit posher about it. I hate that Vimeo stuff. Okay. Um, people, you, YouTube is sort of supposed to be stuff of rubbish stuff. Vimeo is what all the poncy filmmakers put their stuff on. That's pretty much Because they've yeah. graded it and no one ever goes on Vimeo. Yeah. Except a lot of people do go on Vimeo. I think the people that are making really high quality content are doing big assholes. Logan Paul and that. Maybe sort of Vimeo will st- were thinking about sponsoring this, and they. <laughs> I don't think so, based on that. But um, you know, you can look it up on Ben Malaby's Vimeo, where you can also see lots of other great comedy shorts he's made, or you can watch it on my YouTube and see lots of other, you know, varying quality things that I've made. So, how much did the whole thing cost, then? Well, um. I'm not 100% sure. Basically, Ben um, teaches at a university filmmaking, and so he gets his students to come and work on projects with him, presumably for... Better marks. Credit. Better marks. Or cheat codes. So do you think he is legally forcing these students to do his work? If you want to get a pass Mm. on this, or a 2-1, you want to come along to... um, Make my saucy film. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Simon yeah, yeah. We did film a lot of sex stuff that didn't make it in, but he said he had, would put that somewhere else. Actually, the only time I've worked, one time I've worked with Ben Malaby, he made me have sex with an old lady. Did he? Well, not I didn't. I was had to do a sex scene with an old lady. Sounds on brand. Yeah, I'm not mean, on brand. We're clearly both talking about the same guy. Oh, him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, dirty bastard. So. He, yeah, so obviously, like, he has loads of people who want to get loads of experience, and it turns out that, you know, someone who's done a film course for, like, a year or two is so much more experienced at operating a professional-grade camera than, like, I am, or, or whatever. So... And what they shoot on FS7s? I think so, yes. Um, a Sony FS7. That seems to be a thing that... When cameramen buy cameras, it's a good sign that they that they're good cameras. Right. They used to be... This is for real camera gigs. When everyone started making films, everyone sort of they realised the Canon 5D and the Canon 7D, which were primarily stills, ca- well, stills cameras, made great video. 
So then that's when all these sort of indie films started making making cheaper films. And then the next big breakthrough, I think, was probably the C300, which is a small sort of fat Canon camera. Uh, and everyone in the industry was making lower budget stuff. So it, had, it would be like Alexas at the top and then C300s and then 5Ds. And now everyone seems to have switched to Sony cameras, um, which are uh, the A7S two, which you can mm. almost see in the dark, or for um, that's a stills camera, or for film cameras, the FS seven is a very popular camera. I have I, seen it about a bit, and I don't know anything about it. But every time I see one, I think, well, somebody clearly knows what they're doing. I think because it does everything, and yeah. it's. Um, uh, I've got a Panasonic GH five, which I hope to be filming on, which is more of a sort of a stills camera, but actually shoots. I want something small that you can, you know. Yeah, I suppose that is about. like the. The difference between like pro am and full full pro, yeah, full pro is probably the FS seven. Like, that's well, I what... think let, on the jobs that I've done, the studio jobs, yeah, yeah, it's always pretty much Alexas um, or a mirrors, which is the one down for Alexa or Mini Alexa, mm-hmm. and then if you've got more corporate stuff or even fit or sort of short films, the Sony FS7 does it all, because it does slow motion. Yeah. And people love, especially if you want a camera that can do all these things, so you can film some crappy business video and do some slow-mo on it, and then do some other stuff. You know it's not going to uh, break down. Anyway, sorry, got, I just went on a bit of camera geekery there. Mm, uh, camera lost, nerds. Lost a few listeners. No, it's fine. That's why they tune in, isn't it? They want to make a movie. Well, not many people do. Well, hopefully there'll be more. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, anyway, so you've uh, you got these people in. So he brought in the crew, which was basically uh, a, a DOP who uh, shot it, a sound guy, and then I think on, on the first day when we were shooting the live stuff, there was someone who was sort of being a like a runner slash grip slash, you know, all hands on deck. And then on the uh, second day, it was just DOP cameraman and sound guy. That's two people. So a very small skeleton crew. Yeah. Very tight, like the smallest amount of people you could have on to make something sort of semi-professional. So you made a thing, cost you about a grand. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No, because oh really, there that was no co- there was no cost involved in that. the lo- The only thing we paid for was we rented the location, which we used for uh, the kitchen and the sort of other room which was an Airbnb, so we basically rented that for like one night, so that was maybe under £100. Airbnb is the way forward for locations, isn't it? Seemingly, yeah. They were very accommodating, because we were like, we don't need to stay the night, but we just would like to use it in the day, and they were cool. It was like... Someone was saying to me, they were, they approached an Airbnb, what was it for? I think it was a short I was in, so they wanted to film something, and the Airbnb were really worried they were filming basically porn right. in their uh, <laughs> in their house. Yeah, but it would be. They imagine if you watched some porn, like if you watch. I, I mean, uh, no, I I neither know. of us watch porn. Well, but I don't know what this. I don't. It's not one of these podcasts. Yeah, I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. But imagine if you were like really into it, and then suddenly it just cut to like your spare bedroom that you'd rented out to like a German exchange student, and you're like, you're like, oh, that guy's got the same clock as me on the wall. Oh no! That's my. That's when I was on holiday in Greece. Oh god! And he hadn't even put it face down because you'd asked him to leave it face up. Well, oh really? The picture of you, yeah. the picture of you in the background. Imagine if that happened. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, picture of you getting spunked on in the background by Gunter. So um, that was so that was the only expense, and then I spent money making a banner, like a prop. 
Um, yeah. And then that was it, really. Ben called in a favour to get the um, music, the beat that we used for the sort of performance bit at the end. I wrote all of that. And that was it. And then just, I think we went to Nando's on one day. Oh, I don't plug Nando's, Nando's mate. They don't need a plug on this. Why do you... You're every sponsored time by a, Nando's. Every time there's a potential sponsor, you shoot it down. You've really bat like you've got a no Vimeo, Vimeo. No Nando's. Vimeo is the great sponsor for this. Now here's a question: short film industry. I, I asked you in the previous recording of this podcast, which was which was a dud, <laughs> whether you ever watched anyone else's short films. Yeah, and we we came to the conclusion, but no one ever really watches anyone's short films. Do you think that YouTube has pretty much killed this short film? industry um no i don't think it has because i think people that make short films watch other people's short films people that make quality content and put it on vimeo watch other quality content on vimeo just because you or i don't necessarily spend that time on vimeo we spend it on youtube watching vloggers and like stuff like that but i think if you're in the industry and then especially if you go to screenings you see stuff basically i mean the only people who watch short films are people who, who other people who've made short films mm. who are probably only watching your short film, so you watch their short film. Increasingly, I'm finding that that is how the world works, though. Like whatever sort of little small niche field you're in, it's just the people. The only people that are interested in it are the other people that are involved in it. The hardest part is breaking out of that, isn't it? That's it. I mean, I mean, I think that's a life question, really. We've stumbled upon there, or life, one of the sort of answers. Really. No one's interested anyway, apart from themselves. Well, that's it, isn't it? And especially, I think, working in the creative arts, you put your sort of like blood, sweat and tears into everything. So you are kind of super proud and you want people to see it. But then everyone's like, why, why would I watch that? And no when cares. You and they probably, they probably hate you as well. Yeah. For making them watch it. What is this podcast? I don't know, Simon. Um, so when did you, you've got the film, you've got the film made. Got it made eventually. Yep. And then um, what was the next stage of, I'm interested in the short film festival thing and it's what your did you have a, an idea of all oh, right here's what we're going to do with this film once it's made no i had absolutely no idea it took ages to get it edited because again it was favors so when it was eventually done um i think you know ben was just kind of like you can just do whatever you want with it really so the film festival is uh or industry or sort of uh whatever it is world it's a quite a tricky minefield isn't it mm. because you can only submit to You've got to pay to submit to a lot of them, which is a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And some demand demand um, premier status. Well, where, that's something I did not know either. You didn't know about the premier status prior to entering it. Can into you explain a lot of it festivals. for someone people who might not know? Well, I mean, I don't claim to be an expert, but as far as I'm aware, it just means that if certain festivals will only screen your film if it's not already available publicly, so they want to premiere it, as you say. So it already being available on a public link on Vimeo and some idiot's YouTube probably means it's not going to get into any festivals. Mm. Which I have sort of um, only really worked out latterly, having paid out several hundred pounds to enter it into numerous festivals. Did you? Yeah. How much you spend on festival entrance then? Um, yeah, maybe like a couple hundred pounds. Shit, man. Yeah. Have you got into any yet? Uh, no. But I've only really... That actually, there was one like Little London one that did that showed it. And then two that have 
not accepted it, and then I'm still waiting on the the rest of them, which was maybe another. By not accepted, you mean rejected? Well, I suppose yeah, but I think the nice way to say it is that it just wasn't picked to be featured. They weren't just like this is dog shit. I mean, they did write that, which I felt like was too. They write this is dog shit. Well, they yeah. In dog shit? No, they, it was just a box that arrived at my door and it just said, this is from the whatever film festival. Oh, and it was dog shit in the box? Yeah. So I, I joined the dots. Maybe I've read too much into it. Did they have a note when it saying, this is what we, um, your film, what, what we think of your film, this is what your film was actually like? If by, you may think you've produced a film, but this is what you've actually made. Well, they printed out a picture of my face and that was tucked underneath the shit. And that had then been pissed on. At least you know that that money you spent on entering that festival has been spent a lot of it. On postage. Getting, yeah, you're getting something yeah. back. You're getting a box. You're getting a photo of yourself. You're getting some shit. It's true, yeah. That photo is up next to my bed. So when Gunther next makes his porn, it's already got the shit on it. Oh, it's, it's one of those films, isn't it? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> uh, the thing is, you, you, are, you are renting a room on Airbnb, aren't you? True story, yeah. True story. Um, so, yeah. So I someone could actually listen to this podcast. Yeah. Find out you're renting a room. Oh, God. Get in touch. Hire your room. <laughs> Wait till you go on holiday and make a porn. Yeah. Porno in your room. So this you've, you've created your own world. It'd be an elaborate ruse, but I'd, I'd have to hand it to them, ultimately. They, and that porno goes to win lots of short film festivals. Is this... They become a famous film director, and all, it's all <laughs> off the back of... And, you're, and then I'm eventually watching it on Pornhub. And just go, oh, that guy's got the same clock as me. Oh, no, my shit face picture. Anyway, you're listening to Marek Makes a Porno. No, it's not going to be that. It's time for a little break. Just have a relax. Let's get back to it. So, yes, to get back to the film festival thing, um, evidently... 
you should not have it on a public link before you submit it to film festivals. I think I learned that one the hard way. So my tiny hopes of it getting into things have maybe slightly been dashed in the meantime. I do, th I do think they say on the application though if that's if that's a prerequisite. So you never know. But also, you know, there's a lot of really high quality short films, and yeah. while I think it is great, it's not like movie quality, you know. So we'll see. I just you've really... got to come on this podcast, mate. That's a big success. For this you, is a movie quality podcast. So you think you've got something quite big out of it? Yeah. Probably people. Hopefully, people be um, subscribing to my uh, brand new newsletter after this. You do a newsletter as well. <laughs> yeah. I'll, we'll wait till the end until I do the pointless plugs. All right. Um, so let's. Um, you've done the short film, and you've done it to the film festival thing. So what would you say if I, someone's listening to this thinking, oh, I want to make a short film. Mm -hmm. I wish they'd stop talking about Simon's spare room and yeah. and stuff like that. They are. They will be thinking that as well. And give me some advice. For Christ's sake. On making a short film, you idiot. Yeah. Well, idiots. Thank. Yeah. Um, well, here's something that. Um, I learnt, I suppose, is that, and, I, and this is obvious, but when everybody's working for favours, there's no, like, you can't impose deadlines. Yeah. So, a, a really nice guy and great editor edited it, but, you know, it took probably four months. Doesn't sound that nice to me, mate. It sounds like a piss taker. <laughs> um, and so, obviously, the difference between that and like another friend of mine made a short recently, which was really great. Um, he just paid everyone and then got it done in a couple of weeks. That's the plan for Matt Makes a Movie is that I'm going to try and pay all the actors. Yeah. It's going to have to be minimum wage. Well, but that's at least, at least it's... Um... But then they, I feel like they will then at least feel some uh, allegiance. What's the word? Just like they're a bit more I committed. I think trying to pay someone to say, that actually, it's a work... Yeah, and then it's not just because there's nothing I've done stuff before. It's all favors, and I I did a short, a really terrible, uh, short where I took people away to this location and paid for everything, and everyone was treating like a holiday, and I thought, oh, well, I paid for the location, I paid for all the food, and no one really wants to do any work. Just want to sit around, and I felt really pissed off. Right, yeah. if I'd have said, you know, something like fifty quid a day and like a rubbish amount. Then everyone gone right. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not good, and we really hate you. Yeah, but we might do some more work. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's money isn't the answer to everything. But like, I've been trying to shoot another thing for the last few months, just with people for favors, and it's like just logistically so hard. Mm. Not least just to go when you're available. Uh, I can do this day or this day. Okay, great. When's the director guy? Ah, uh, he can do this. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Now we're into next month. Uh, and then I think suddenly... as soon as you uh, say you're not going to pay someone, all it takes someone to say I've got some paid work, mm -hmm. and you you cannot say to that person it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. And then that one once one link in the chain's gone, then suddenly that whole day's for trying to get everyone else at the same time. It's a bloody house of cards, and it comes tumbling down. And it's especially a house in of this shit, mate. That's what my Airbnb is listed as. House of shit. Yeah. So we get some specialist people in there, then, especially you? when you're working with you know people who work in the arts and the media and whatever, and uh, are all freelance. It, it, you are just kind of like, well, let's pencil this day, but if work comes in, and then literally if the day before like they get work in, they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, but 
I'm going to have to take the work. And you're like, okay, I mean, that is fine, but we have arranged everything in the location and everything. And then, you know. So I don't think it's a like a great takeaway that you should just pay everyone because that obviously is just not feasible most of the mm. time. And that's, you know. Just some sort of gesture, I think. Yeah. So get donating to this podcast. Please, yeah. Um, and then I can hire that uh, Karcher pressure washer to sort out Clean my, up that room. my walls. Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna call it after you've cleaned all the shit off it? Then um, house just house. Uh, piss palace maybe. Could be all sort of. You can just piss on the walls and that's fine. I've put guttering in. Put your niece, Simon. But I mean, yeah. it's a good way of. I don't know, I don't know if the sort of listeners to this podcast the people who are into. Maybe they are. I should have a donate button on this podcast. I don't, I've never accepted I don't know donations. what the Venn diagram is of people listening to <laughs> Max movie at stroke people who like going around someone's house and pissing all over the walls. I reckon it is a 100% overlap. Well, you should have about 16 people. <laughs> yeah, from your total listenership. What is great about this is that um, uh, I've tried to make it geeky enough that anyone who's listening to comedy is put off Right. And then offensive enough and childish enough that any, uh, anyone who's interested in the film would stop listening to as well. So yeah. alienate all... It's no things to all people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone said they listened to the other day. I said, I'll just to what bit you, I'll, I'll just start of it. It's always a bad sign. Um, that was enough. Got the idea. Not for me. Thank you. So anything else that you want to say about um, short films then? Um... No, not really, no. I mean... Uh, would you make another one, or would you think... Um, would you ever try and make a feature film? I, I don't know. I think, yes, I suppose, yeah. What you have to remember as well is I didn't direct this. I wrote it and acted in it, and I very much handed the reins over to a much uh, more experienced professional. Did you enjoy that? that? Was it strange after having the sort of autonomy of YouTube to, to give someone else uh, that role... Yeah, it was, it was, there was a little bit of it that that was uh, interesting, I suppose, because when you are used to going, okay, we need to get this, need to get this, what's this shot? You know, it, it's quite interesting to just sort of be on that side of the camera and just be directed. And obviously the, my curiosity is always sort of going, oh, what's the what's the lens on that? Can I see no, the yeah. shot? Where is it? But... Um, that probably, I think, to an extent, that probably helps because I think if you know what the shot is, that helps your performance. Blah blah blah. Um, but also, it was just interesting to watch a sort of professional director work with a good DOP cameraman and just kind of get everything and and not get really flustered and stressed. And it, I think it turned out all right considering. It's strange working with professionals how fast they've got to be and how quick they are. Yeah. Um, it just makes you realise just experience you know you just know what you need whereas we're just still sort of going oh, okay let's shoot it 400 times and i'll get there you yeah know? uh and i think um if you're thinking about the edit when you're shooting it then that's helps a million it, that helps a million is the phrase it helps a million um so yes i definitely will do want to make more things would i ever make a feature if i wrote one and i thought it was good and someone wanted to make it 100 percent. yeah just think it's really hard to write a feature film mm. i don't know if i've got that in me right now mm. just like to get a few more shorts and things under my belt and see how it see how we go oh it's a very good um idea simon thanks thanks very much 
Well, well, um, that is all very interesting. I've listened to it. I feel like I've eaten a, a full meal, but it's been made out of knowledge. Wow, that is that's that is filling. Yeah, but you don't feel sick. It's just good quality eating. Yeah, um, if people want to find out about you. Mm. Want to go around your pissy house? Eee, don't come around to my house. Please. Okay, what about if they just want to find me via the internet? Yeah, great idea. That's the best place to find me because I am on it all day. Um, I'm on all the social media. Simon Fielder. F-E-I-L-D-E-R. Um, Do you think that's why you don't get as many followers? That There's probably a Simon Fielder who's spelled F-I-E-L-D-E-R. There is one. He's a theatre producer. And he gets a lot of people... <laughs> who go and see you? Yeah. They see your. You've heard you on this thing, yeah. and they presume that he is. Do you wish you could change it to, I.E. instead of E.I. But then we'd both have the same name, and I don't know if that would be better or worse. Yeah, we'd get, get like, sick of saying which one? E.I. E. Very boring. Very boring. Correcting people who I've known for ten years. Yeah, parents have like me being called Marek. I've got to tell the same story about how I'm not Polish. Yeah, I'm named after some dead kid in a documentary. <laughs> I'm sick of telling people and people think I look Polish Yeah, and then people still think I'm Polish after me telling them the story. I'm not Polish. All right, don't be quite so vehement about it because it's a little bit, it comes across a little bit EDL. What, saying I'm not Polish? <laughs> no, it's just, just when you sort of shout it like in a, an aggressive way. I've got nothing against Polish why people. Are you, why are you waving that flag? You don't need to wave the flag when you say it because people will take that the wrong way. Oh, right. Anyway, so... Right. Doing... Sabotage. A guest comes on tries to sabotage the podcast. I'm trying to plug his bits. Thank you. Don't, I'm not going to bother. I'll tell you what I have done. Um, we It was a lovely sunny weekend and I went home to visit my parents and I spent most of the weekend creating a newsletter, mail-out, mailer, fanzine sort of thing about things that I like, which does include films. Am I in it? Um, no. But is Vulsport in it, the sport that you play that I made up, is that in it? Uh, not yet. But it's only the first episode, so there's you know plenty of scope for that to feature. You can sign up for it on the front page of my website, which is simonfielder.com. I'm not going to spam you. I mean, if anything, I'll probably just lose interest in it in a couple of months. But in the meantime, <laughs> do sign up, because I think it's quite a nice thing, isn't it? It's a good writing exercise, and it's also nice to find people who like the same stuff that you like, and you can be enthusiastic about it together. Are you doing this to try and bone someone? No. Okay. Wait. What? What? Turn this off now. Turn it off now. Right. <laughs> Interview. Interview ended. I'm taking my top off. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Well done. You made it all the way through. You're in a very exclusive club. Please, if you want to email... Contact me on MarrickMakesMovie at gmail.com. You can also follow on Twitter, MarricksMovie. On Instagram, MarricksMovie. I can't even remember the variations, but let's just say I messed them up. And if you want to donate, go to the website, MarricksMovie.com. MarricksMovie and all the money will go towards the making of the film. Thank you very much for listening. Stay hygienic. Bye. Marrick makes a movie Marit makes a movie um
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.